0: Hey guy. Chapter number 1. Old Testament. Hey guy. Chapter number 1. When you are there, let us know by a sign of amen. I am going to commence reading with verse 3 and I am going to conclude with verse 11. Hey guy. Chapter number 1 commencing with verse 3 and concluding with verse 11. The words of Haggai is as follows. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag of with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on or drought on the land and the mountains. On the grain and the new wine and the oil, and on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. Our key verse is verse number six. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. By, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and certainly with the aid of your prayers, I want to preach briefly from the subject, giving money God's way. Giving money God's Way, Take your seats and pray along with me. Our Father and our God, in the immaculate name of your Son, Christ Jesus. Father God, it is preaching time and we need the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. It is always my prayer, Father God, that the words that will come forth from our mouth will be used for our education, edification, but most of all, your exaltation. It is also my prayer, Father God, that the, the words that will come forth from my mouth and that those who will hear, Father God, will move. it will move someone closer in their relationship with you. So, Father God, I lift up all prayer requests right now that are going forth right now. And, uh, Father God, I pray for those that are absent from the body right now, Father God. I pray for their, their traveling mercy and for their safe protection, Father God. So I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Giving money, giving money God's way. Let me just say right off from the start here that the title of today's message is a little bit misleading. It is less about money, but more about obedience. Let me say that again. The title of today's message, Giving Money God's Way, is just a little bit misleading because it is less about money per se, but is more about obedience. Haggai was considered what you would call a post-exilic prophet, a post-exilic prophet. He was one of three post-exilic prophets. The other two were Zachariah and Malachi, Zechariah and Malachi. You may have heard by now, if you have been coming to Triumph Christian Church, if you have listened to any of my messages over the past year, we have shared with you that the Old Testament has a recurring theme. That recurring theme is that God's people would hear the word through a prophet, through a judge, through a leader, and they would be aware of this word, however, they would fall into some sort of disobedience. They would disobey God's word, they would sin, God would punish them. During their punishment, oftentimes they would repent and God would forgive them and so on and so forth. And so this became a recurring, recurring pattern. When when they fell into trouble, God would send a leader, like a judge or send a prophet. to to speak the word to them. And so, again, this happened many, many times. And so, Haggai was a a post-exilic prophet. So, in one instance, God's people were disobedient. They fell captive to the Babylonians, and they spent a great deal of time in Babylonian captivity. So, Malachi, Zechariah, and Haggai were three prophets who... Ministered or prophesied during the time after the Babylonian captivity. So, the period of time that is taking place here is after the Jews were returning to their native Jerusalem, and this was after they were in Babylonian captivity. And so, Hagar really wrote this book to encourage. The people of God to remain faithful to God. I'll say that again. Haggai wrote this book to encourage the people to remain, to encourage Israel to remain faithful to God. And one of the things that Haggai encouraged the people to do was to rebuild the temple of God, the main worship place, rebuild the temple of God after they returned to their homeland. Now, there are only 15 verses in Haggai chapter 1, and the theme of Haggai chapter 1 is a call to construction or a call to rebuild the temple. But let me break down Haggai chapter number 1, those 15 verses, a little bit more for you. They really can be broken down into two sections. So grab your outlines. Here's the breakdown of Haggai chapter number one, verses one through seven of Haggai chapter number one, you will discover the challenge, the challenge and reason to the people, the challenge and reason to the people. That's Haggai chapter number one, verses one through 11. In verses 12 through 15 of Haggai chapter number one, you'll discover, read about, and study the comfort, the comfort and reaction of the people, the comfort and reaction of the people. So again, Haggai chapter number one, verses one through 11, the challenge and reason to the people. And Haggai chapter number one, verses 12 through 15, you'll discover the comfort and reaction of the people. So we read for you a few verses, eight by eight verses or so, of Haggai chapter number one, and let me recap for you those first 11 verses. Well, really, let me recap Haggai chapter number one, all of, really all 15 of these verses for you so you can really understand what's going on. And then I want to talk about failure to give God's way and then giving money God's way. So failure to give God's way and then giving money God's way. So let's recap Haggai chapter number one. Of course, we know we are introduced to Haggai. I gave you a little bit of information about him and his background. And so Haggai shows up on the scene and all of these Jews or Israel, are they're returning back to Jerusalem. And so the word of the Lord, as the Bible says, speaks to, uh, speaks through Haggai. And Haggai says, well, I'm, I'm at verse 3 now. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panel houses and this temple to lie in ruins? So what had happened was the people returned back to their homeland. Now, you, now you got to kind of picture this. They're returning to their homeland after many, many years. So one of the first things that they do is they start to put their own lives back together. So they build their own houses. And... The Bible specifically says that these were panel houses. So consider these houses to be of, of the uh, a luxury uh, luxury type type house. So, hey, God shows up on the scene and said, hey, it is time to rebuild God's church. It is time to rebuild God's temple. So he goes on to say in verse five to consider your ways. So understand they have built these luxury houses and God's temple has not been built. So they have not rebuilt God's church. And so really the book of Haggai, Haggai also wrote the book to kind of encourage us as Christians to be about God's business, to be about building God's church. And so he says he asked them this question, isn't it not time to build a temple? And he goes on to say exactly why they are experiencing the hardships that they are experiencing. So he first challenges them to rebuild the temple, but then he gives them the reason why they have incurred incurred or are incurring so much hard Times while they are suffering, and they are suffering because obviously they have not rebuilt God's temple, they have been disobedient, they are, or they haven't been obedient in building God's temple. So, in verse 6, he gives them that's our key verse. Verse 6 he talks about some of the things that they have done and the result of the things that they have done, and we'll touch on that a little bit more closely when we talk about failure to give God's way. So again, he says in verse seven, consider your ways. And then he tells them to go up and build the temple. So really after he explains why they are suffering their hardship, I thought that that was great that he went back and, and, and told them to go back and rebuild the temple. Sometimes, some, many people are just flat out hard-headed. You tell them to do something, they don't do it. And then some of the best times to tell them to do it again is when they're suffering the hard times. So that's what, that's what Haggai did here. And he goes on to give them so, some more reasons. In verse 9, he says, you look for much, but indeed came to little. So he goes on to further explain to them why they are in their situation. And he specifically says, because in verse nine, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. So again, he reminds them of the reason why they're experiencing such hard times. But he tells them essentially that in verse 10 and 11, therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew. So again, more reasons. Verse 11, for I called for a drought And then he goes on to tell them in verses 12 through 15, this is the comfort and reaction of the people. He goes on to tell them that God will bless them or God will be with them if they were to take on the task of rebuilding God's place of worship. So he essentially says, I am with you, says the Lord in verse 13. Haggai 1, 13. Then came work. Then uh, they came and worked on the house of the Lord. That's in verse 14. So the reaction after he comforted them that God would be with them, their reaction was to take on take on the task of building God's house of worship. So now I want to talk about failure to give God's way, failure to give God's way. This is on your outline, failure to give God's way. First, let's notice, let's read again Haggai 1 and 6. Haggai 1 and 6 says, you have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. So check this out. Number one, failure to give God's way results in little. Little. Failure to give God's way results in little. Haggai 1 and 6 clearly says, You have planted much but harvested little. Again, keep in mind the theme of disobedience. They're in this situation. He has reminded them because they have not placed God's first. They have not placed the the priority of rebuilding the temple first. They took care of themselves. They built their luxury houses and then Not only did they build their luxury houses, they took no action towards rebuilding God's temple. And so he's reminded them that they're suffering hard times, even though they have these luxury houses. They're suffering hard times because of their disobedience. So number one, failure to give God's way results in little. But check this out. Number two, failure to give God's way results in lack In lack guy hey 1 and 6 says, You are planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. That sounds like lack to me, right? When you don't have enough, you're lacking something, right? You're lacking enough. You're lacking enough. So failure to give God's way results in little. Failure to give God's way results in lack. But this is this is the kicker here. Failure to give God's way results in loss or leaks. I couldn't figure out which one I wanted to use there, so I wrote both of them down, loss slash leaks. You don't believe me? He says in Haggai 1 and 6, Haggai says, you earn wages. So imagine earning money only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Now, don't you and I, we all know people, right, that make money? And some of them make good money, like above wage, like a really, really good salary. I'm talking about $100,000. And it just seems like they have nothing to show for it. They have holes in their pocket. They have holes in their pockets. So number one, again, to recap, failure to give God's way results in little. Failure to give God's way results in lack. Failure to give God's way results in loss and leaks. Again, this is all because the people of God failed to prioritize the business of rebuilding the temple or rebuilding God's house of worship. So that's the bad news. Failure to give God's way results in little, results in lack, results in loss or leaks. But giving God's God's way or giving money God's way has some benefits. According to 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So giving money God's way yields, number one, love from God, love From God. Giving money, God's way yields love from God. But number two, according to Malachi three and ten, bring ye all tithes in the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive it. Giving money God's way yields limitless blessings. Giving money God's way yields love from God and giving money God's way yields limitless blessings, immeasurable, immeasurable blessings. So the reason why the people delayed or did not rebuild God's temple had nothing to do with money had nothing to do with the materials, because we know they had materials because they built their own houses, and they not have nothing to do with manpower either. But I didn't share with you that in Haggai 2.19 says, But from this day, I will bless you. From this day, I will bless you. So from the time that they started to build God's temple, to rebuild and be about God's business, that is the point at which God began to bless them again. So I'll always remind you that if you are about God's business, he will be about your business. To the extent that we obey God, that's the extent that we can expect that his blessings. They disobeyed God, so they could not really expect any blessings from him. But Haggai 2 and 19 says that from that day forward, they began to bless God. Or God began to bless them, and I often talk, think about that the story of my wife and I when we, when we first got married, this was in 2000, 2009, 2009. When we got married in 2009, we got married on a Sunday, September the 20th, 2009. and one week later, we were moving from Tallahassee, Florida, to Charlotte, North Carolina. And my wife was starting a new job. And, of course, I didn't, I didn't have a job when, when we moved there. And we didn't, I didn't have a job, and that meant that we didn't have a lot of money at all. We did, we did not have a lot of money at all. But it seems like we were just so, so Happy. I don't, it it's probably because we had just got married. I don't know. But we were so we had this apartment. We had this this two bedroom apartment. But I recall that from. We would always take an offering every Sunday to church. And when we did our budget, the budget would show on paper that we was we would be six hundred dollars. Short, six to seven hundred dollars short every month. Now, mind you, during this particular time, there were no bills late. There were, uh, we ha- always had food. I had no explanation as to why we did not come up short every month. Only explanation that I had was that we were just being obedient to the lord and in fact we had this unfortunate incident happen to us so maybe the person that did this to us maybe you're watching and maybe you want to repent but we lost $8000 during this particular time and and somebody did something that they shouldn't somebody st- okay let me just go ahead and say somebody stole $8000 from us so we needed that money during this particular time But I have no other explanation other than the fact that we were just doing what we knew to be done. And that is taking our tithes and offerings every week to the church. So listen to this. Whenever God's people prioritize their own net worth as opposed to his work, several things may happen. Number one, you may experience failure. That is, you have nothing to show. You may experience frustration. That means nothing satisfies you. You may experience futility. That means nothing is successful. However, as I said, if you take care of God's business, He will take care of yours. So if you make God's business a priority, His presence, His power, and His provision will be available for you. Lastly, I'll share with you a story that I shared several Sundays ago. I think in the message, what what giving can do for you. I share with you the story about a man by the name of R.G. Letourneau. And I don't have my props with me this morning because we're, we're representing Triumph Team Day. But R.G. Laterno, you can look him up. He lived from 1888 to 1969. There's a university in Texas that is named, or he has a university that is named after him. He, there's a university in Texas. Laterno University. But he was known as God's businessman. That's what he dubbed himself. Or that's what he was known as, should I say, businessman for God, a God's businessman. This man was very, very successful. He had a, a lot of inventions, and you can just go to YouTube and type it, type his name in. I actually showed a, a, a clip of him at uh, a few, you know, a, at the time that we we shared that message, what God, what giving can do for you. And to make a long story short. This man was so successful with all his inventions and all of his success in business, he got to the point where he was giving 90% of his income away and keeping 10%. Do you know how successful you have to be to get to the point where, let's just keep it real now. Let's just keep it real. We all pay tithes and offerings and stuff, but let's just keep it real. 90%? I mean, 10%, you know, 10%, yeah, 10%, we, we got that, we got that, right? But, but 90%, this man gave 90%. And to this day, and I, I discovered, I, I found out about him several, at least a couple years ago. But ever since I found out about Mr. Letourneau, the one quote that he stated has stuck in my mind. R.J. Letourneau says as it relates to his giving, he says and I keep in mind he gives 90%. He gives 90% or he gave 90%. He kept 10%. He gave 90%. He kept 10%. He gave 90% and kept 10%. R.J. Letourneau says I shovel out the money. I shovel out the money and God shovels it back, but God has a bigger shovel. That is profound. He gave 90%. He kept 10%. He says, I shovel out the money and God shovels it back, but God has a bigger shovel. It reminds me of the song we used to sing during offering in the church that I grew up in. You can't beat God's giving. The more he gives, the more you give, the more he gives to you. Just keep on giving because it's really true. True that you can't beat God's giving no matter how you try. Brothers and sisters, please remember the R.J. Letourneau says, I shovel out the money and God shovels it back, but God has a bigger shovel. Everyone standing.